I think Taiwan is quite special because we we closed the theater like around three months. I think so. I don't. I would not say we already have a new normal. I think we already back to the old normal. So Taiwan now is the third world that we are not belong to the the new normal <laughs> world. We are the old normal world. And then, and I think the only one change that um, now we can is. Quite difficult to invite the、uh, the artists from overseas. This is our next special edition on how COVID nineteen is affecting the art world around South Asia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our connect. I'm your host Annalie, and I'm Yipei. Today we are going to take a look at the theater industry in Taiwan. As of today, September twenty second, there are a total of five hundred and nine confirmed cases and seven days in Taiwan. We are having one or two increased import cases per day. While around the world, we can see there is another new wave coming back to Europe, and the numbers of cases continue to grow in Latin America. Yeah, I feel like living in Taiwan is like in a parallel world compared to other countries. Right now in Taiwan, lives are pretty much back to normal, and many cultural events such as music concerts, theater plays, film festivals, orchestrals, stand-up comedies are returning and thriving little by little. And we can see that people are dying to catch breath from the anxiety and nervousness brought by the coronavirus. Yeah, but to be frank, this is just the beginning of the recovery. When the outbreak was going crazy earlier this year, especially from March to April, a lot of cultural events were forced to cancel, and the entire creative industry is one of the most affected and disrupted fields, because the audience cannot enter theaters, go to exhibitions, museums, and cinemas due to the restriction on public gathering. Yeah, totally. And from my observation, I feel like theaters are really suffering from the pandemic, since theater is already a minority in the industry, and this pandemic has made it even harder for all the theater workers to make a living under such circumstances. So it's really tough. Yeah. However, given this tough situation, some theater groups are still very active to take action and reflect upon such a special time in contemporary history. As I know, Fantasy Theater from Taiwan, which has made several productions to discuss social issues, is among one of them. Yes. So today we invite. Zhi Yu, an executive producer at Fantasy Theatre, to share with us how they've been coping with the pandemic. And in fact, in response to the pandemic, they've made a new play this August called Unilateral Lockdown to look at different aspects on how COVID-19 has impacted our lives.、Uh, I've watched it in August, and I find it very interesting. So,、uh, and we will have Zhi Yu to tell us more about it today. Hi, Zhiyu. Welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Zhiyu. Zhiyu,、uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's your role at Fantasy Theater? Okay,、uh, I'm a freelancer and also a very fresh independent producer. And since I was doing research in Cambodia like many years ago, so my Previous production is more about Cambodian culture, and also have some project. And I am working with、uh, Thailand, Vietnam, and Indonesian artists. And I 
and Fantasy Theater was founded on、um, 2006. And on 2016, when I was in、uh, when I was doing my master, I joined them the the tour、uh, when they are invited to to tour in China, and it's the first、uh, collaboration with them. And then after two years, the the same production,、uh, Flea by Nice, is invited to perform in China again. So I, I work as a tour producer on 2018, and from last year when they did a new production called Extraordinary Appeal, I was officially like、uh, join Fantasy Theater.、Uh, we kind of like have a long term collaboration. Oh yeah! So since the 2016, you have been worked together with fantasy theaters for a couple of years. Could you share more with us how fantasy theater、uh, positions itself in the field in Taiwan, and what's the difference from the other theaters? Okay, so the fantasy theater is founded by director Liao Junkai and producer Zheng Ruilan. And director Liao's、um, his production is, I feel he his production really reflect the society and the current situation. And we our previous production,、uh, sometimes we talk about the ra- random killing, sometimes we talk about the housing issue or the elderly issue, and also、um, we have several production is、uh, talking about the Taiwanese history, especially the White Terror period. So for me,、uh, our Production, our play is really re- reflect the contemporary social issue and also、uh, to to talk about the Taiwanese society story. Oh yeah, and I know、uh, Taiwanese people fighting the coronavirus very well. And but、uh, for the theater to respond to the pandemic,、uh, to they have the、uh, present. New production called、uh, "Unilateral Lockdown" in August that mentioned earlier by the Anale.、Um, so, Zhiyu, could you tell us more about what is about what is the story about this play and、uh, what inspired the director and the whole team?、Mm. So, actually, it's very interesting idea that actually we set up a a talk show, a political commentary. A commentary program, a studio on the stage. So when you go on, go in the theater, you will see that there, there's a, actually a like a TV program is starting, and then we invite some guest guests from the different field. So they will share their、uh, perspective、uh, from their、uh, from their role or from their field, and and to to to. To discuss the the pandemic situation. Yes,、uh, I've watched、uh, this this piece in、uh, in August. And what's special about this uh, this piece uh, this work is that、uh, I know that Fantasy Theater has been producing several documentary plays, and Unilateral Lockdown and previous work you mentioned before called Extraordinary Peel, which focuses on the transitional justice in Taiwan. They are both produced under the concept of documentary theater. For example, like in Unilateral Lockdown, it has used the Slido, and it's an interactive platform to encourage the audience to join the discussion. So、uh, I was wondering, what has inspired you to apply this concept in the new play, and how was the feedback received by the audience? So.、Uh Allow me to introduce a little bit about the documentary theater. So actually, documentary theater、uh, is a 
a kind of a way that mostly we will use the uh, some um, like historical uh, resource of material to to use on the stage. So uh, sometimes we also invite the like the people the the, the people who who go on the stage to to tell about their the true story. So that's the reason why we invite the guests from a different field this time. And in this time, it's very uh, interesting that we invite the audience to uh, turn on their cell phone because mostly it's not allowed to use cell phone in the theater. So we in- invite the audience to turn on the, the internet and then they can use the Slido. It's an online app. They can uh, leave their posts uh, immediately on the in the in the in the pool so they can they can share what they want to say and then is the the idea is like in taiwan when we see the talk show you will always see so before there's a news ticker below on the tv and the programmer they change to they use the the audience respond or the the post on below and we want to extend the, this imagination to a theater so people, the audience can still leave the message uh, immediately. But also, uh, even though that we, it seems that it's the, the same, the, the, the word that we can communicate to each other. I mean, the hall, the, the guests and also the audience because like everyone keep talking. But actually, it, they are still like two worlds because we are only focused on what we want to say. We don't really listen to each other. So we also want to copy this kind of um, conception in the theater. So you will see the audience, maybe they keep like posting in the pool, but um, also the, 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 the guests keep talking, but the, the communication is like kind of like single direction. There's no, there's not really useful communication uh, between these two people. Yeah, I was there uh, in the second show, so I also like sent my message to the board and the mm. pool. And yeah, but I feel like in in the shows that I that I joined, the the audiences are quite active. They post a lot, and we also see like the actors commenting their messages on, on in the pool. So I think it's. Well, it's not, it still creates some kind of communication or conversation mm. to break the what we saw called the fourth wall. Oh yes, in, yes. in theater. So uh, in unilateral lockdown, you invited not only the professional actors but also five other uh, different professionals, such as uh, editor in chief of an online media, migrant rights advocate, uh, indie music singer. Uh, uh, nightclub owners and politics critics. So it's such an interesting combination. Could you tell us how you selected these roles? Hmm. So I think this time is a very, for me, like personally, I feel it's a very good chance for for the audience, for the people to listen to others. Like because when the audience come to the theater, they cannot choose like, like who they want to see. So we can choose for them. So we want to choose this this few these uh five people and they are all from a different field and like one of the one is the sienna he she's also the the first guest we are invite we invited and she is a nightclub owner so uh as you know like the the nightlife uh industry is very seriously uh, affected in this uh pandemic so we want her to share from 
her own perspective.、Um, because she, when we talked to her, she also complained that.、Um, Actually, there are many reporter want to interview her, but mostly they already set up a friend for her, so it's not easy. Even she's interview, but she cannot really say what she want to say. So I think for for me or for our team, it's like we have a, we create this platform for her to to express what she want to say, and also we invite. The Zhang Zhen, she、uh, he is a migrant rights advocate, and um. Of course, he is not the migrant worker himself, but he,、uh, since he worked with the migrant worker and the migrants for a long time, I think he can、uh, really、um, express from their side. And it's very difficult, but most even though we now have really high population of migrant in Taiwan, but we don't really care about them, and like we don't really have a. It's not easy to see their own opinion in the like major media. So for me, it's very good chance to put these people on the stage and that the audience to really listen to their voices. Yes, so that's also what I found very special about this this play because it includes not only the voices of media workers and、uh, like mainstream opinion, but also the marginalized voices. So I think it's important to represent different、uh, voices from different backgrounds. So、uh, speaking of these.、Uh, Amateurs, actors. I believe that they are all very busy with their work. So, how do you gather these people to write a script and rehearse?、Uh, and were there anything interesting happen during the rehearsal? Hmm. Actually, also the working process is very interesting. It's not. Like I think it's also、uh, because it's the documentary theater, so it's not like the. All process we image that、like、we have a playwright to write a the story or something, but this time we don't have playwright, but we have a dramaturg. So she, uh, she her name is Wang Ting, and Wang Ting help us to do the structure of the the whole program. So the first time we need to meet the the, uh, the the guest, and then to. We before we met, we need to read like his or her like article to know what is what are they thinking of. And then we, the first time we met, we we will ask him or her like, what do you want to express? Um, especially, uh, during the pandemic, how, uh, the pandemic affect your industry or how what kind of situation you face it. And then the second time we met, maybe we will, um, we will. Uh, throw up some、uh, some question into them and maybe ask them to reply. And then we have the we we build up a structure of the program so we can、uh, get the and their answer back and fill in in the content. So we can say this is the like co creation process. Like if the the guests and also our like professional actors and actresses, they are part of the creation process. Yeah, so um, I I can tell from the this play, the collaboration is very important. Especially, it's not just a present the person uh feelings or uh their thoughts. It's also a way or a chances to listen to each other, even though we are not yet to listen it each other so through the. But during the first outbreak of COVID nineteen, most of the theater performers were canceled. After that, many theater groups overseas have moved it into the online solution. 
Uh, Zhiyu, could you tell us how you are personally affected by the coronavirus, and also how the fantasy theater was affected, and have any reaction? Uh, I would say I'm quite lucky because I just got a new job on January. I start working in the museum, so even the museum was closed, but I can still work there. So I have like a fundamental salary. So for me, I don't really, I'm not really affected by the the coronavirus. But I think for the、uh, for the fantasy theater because our production,、uh, the first production is on、uh, October. I would not.、Uh, it's on August. I would not say we are not. Like one hundred percent effective, but of course because the the production still we still can do a performance, so it's like luckier than other. But、uh, I heard like some of our friends they maybe they have a new job, they go to be. And、uh, they become the delivery driver, so they can have some money to to survive. So for me, it's very, it's it's sad, and also it reflect the difficulty of our industry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like a lot of like people working in theater, they tend to have like multiple jobs at the same time <laughs> to、yes. survive to, to to support their works in theater. And also, I'm also curious about like. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about this term called digital transformation, and it's become like this catchy word that everyone is using. So I'm curious about how this digital transformation has changed fantasy theater and the theater industry in general in Taiwan. And、uh, also, in your opinion, are there any Taiwanese theater groups adapting these digital changes?、Uh, actually, in the beginning, we. Did talk about like maybe you can do some like live stream project or something, and then you know Taiwan is so lucky, and the the we are affected only like two or three months, and then we are busy in the new production, so we don't we not yet do the the new transformation yet. And for the for Taiwanese artists, because we the theater closed like around three around three months, so and then now everything is. Back to the normal, so I think people still、uh, focus on what we did before, and we did see like、uh, like C Lab or National、uh, Performing Arts Center. They have a new project that encourage people to do some like internet arts or some project about live stream. But I don't think it will become like new.、Um, like I I don't think like most will. Um, I don't think like the the it will really influence Taiwanese industry because we are back to the normal. The theater already reopened, but I think for the overseas in other country, maybe they will do they will do they will do some new interesting production about like about the internet arts or with this kind of digital devices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Like it it seems like in Taiwan the the artists. Or the cultural organization, they are,、um, they are not really like adapting these、uh, digital trend changes or transformation. Like、mm-hmm. if they want to do, it, it's like in, it would be more like it's already in the previous plan.、Mm, not, yes. Not because of this pandemic. Yes, but、yeah. in that time, I do feel like oh, maybe this is a good chance for Taiwanese.、Yeah. We can develop like internet arts. We are talking about for this for a long time, but we because. Like everything's, everyone's so busy. We don't have time to develop it or to do it. But now, and then because the the time is, 
is too short, so we cannot really do any do do something. So, so yeah, it's a it's it's lucky, but it's also a pity that we yeah, it's like true. it seems like we are too unique. Like maybe other country will yeah. do a new change, but Taiwan will still like do the same. Like behind the stuff. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, because it's it's so different in like different other countries yes especially those are seriously affected by the by COVID-19 like mm. like we see a lot of like uh, performers they would do set up a show in the studio or uh, study room in studies and yeah yes because yeah. The, our theater and every like the museum already open on june so yeah, everything yeah. just we just need to but now we have like twice a performance than before because like every the the performance uh are postponed <laughs> yes so we, we we need to do the old job like because it's so busy but we don't i don't think we will do like something new but because now it's already very busy in the old job yeah mm. i think that's also the reason why we want to do this podcast because we want to see and learn how other countries are adapting these new changes because in taiwan we are like we we don't get to follow these <laughs> new trends yes it's very strange it's <laughs> yeah, weird it's, at the same time we feel lucky but we are also a, a little bit left behind oh uh, yes yes a, yes in some way so mm. also uh I, Another question is that besides working in theatre, uh, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're also a very um, enthusiastic researcher on Cambodia performing arts. So I was wondering when did you fall in love in Cambodian culture and what do you like most about it? Mm, I would say I um, I was interested in like Southeast Asian culture since I was in maybe high school. But in that time, there are not so many information you can reach in Taiwan. And when I was uh, doing my master in uh, Taipei National University of the Arts, uh, in one conference, I met a contemporary dance company in Cambodia called Amrita Performing Arts. And I was very surprised because in that time, the they already they founded for like more than 10 years so for me i really want to know them so it's the very beginning i i went to cambodia the first time i did the internship for one month and then i decided to to do a research about the the contemporary dance in cambodia so i keep go go and back and and then i'm lucky to know more like many artists uh, from different fields mm. in cambodia so it's like um it's a very. I feel like Cambodia is the the way I know. I know more about the world and also know about myself. Uh, before in Taiwan, what I learned is really about the Western art. Like I know the Western composer, but I don't really know about Taiwanese composer. But when I go to uh, Cambodia, like people keep asking me, like, what is the traditional art in in Taiwan? Because the the traditional art is still very important in in Cambodia. So of course they want to know like what are you f- where are you from and what is what is your background. So for me it's a very good learning. Like in the same time I'm learning the Cambodian art and also I keep um, um, looking back to my background. Like what is our culture? What is Taiwanese art? And why 
we don't talk about the traditional dance in Taiwan. So everything is still, I think, still connect to my own background. So for me, Cambodia is, of course, I like the, the, the arts and the culture there. And also it's a way I learn more about myself. Mm, I totally agree with you. And we are lucky having you to study uh, so detailed in the Cambodian art. As I know that uh, since 2016, um, we have a new southbound policy that provides uh, many resources into the art industry, especially in the Ministry of Culture. We are having more opportunities to do the exchange projects with the grants. So Ziyu, what do you think of this cultural movement and the impact? Um, does it benefit you or in other projects? And how do you achieve the balance between the changes and also into the theater execution. Hmm, I think it's very difficult to answer this question um, because for me, I feel actually we we have some grants about the to um, exchange with the Southeast Asian artists, but actually is not start from 2016 it's before 2016 but i think it's because the new southbound policy so the people or the artists really see it like oh we have a grant but actually we have the grant before but maybe nobody care or i don't know <laughs> nobody's paying yes yes so, yeah, so so and then of course for the the, the normal people for the audience is uh, a good time like compared to my like high school life i don't have chance to know this kind of information but now we do have a lot of uh, events or different festival or the different project about southeast asian culture but i do see one like uh, we can say a problem um, in this because um, as we know that in Taiwan there are not so many um, scholar or researcher doing research about Southeast Asian culture. So sometimes when we do this uh, cross-cultural project, um, I think it's very difficult to find some like one person or the, the some people to do to become the bridge to independent interpret uh, the two different cultures, especially uh, Taiwanese artists, we are, our background is more, it's quite similar. We know more about what happened in, 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 in the West, but we don't really know about the Asian culture, but the, the, the idea or the, some com conception is very different, especially when we do the collaboration uh, with the traditional artists from Asia, the, we will have a we need we do have a, we we don't have enough uh, basic uh, information to to help us to know about their culture so i feel like it's a kind of a a, a difficult a, a is difficulty for it's difficult for for the artists to to know and also it's difficult for the audience to understand the, the southeast asian culture so I do hope that we will have more people to, um, to pay attention or to, to 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 share more information or to share the correct information about Southeast Asian culture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to to rem it remind me that uh, back to my own uh, project before that uh, I received the grant in two thousand eleven. Uh, to do the Southeast Asian Exchange Program with Indonesian theater. But uh, mm -hmm. I also find out there is no uh, exact uh, uh, people or 
let's say audience uh, pay much attention on what's going on with Southeast Asian uh, art things. And then uh, it's also a big uh, gap for us to communicate with each other. Uh, I think that language between Taiwan and the Southeast Asian it will become more and more popular in the future to know and then to understand what, uh, what's about behind our history. Yeah, I think it's it's gonna be a like long lasting problem in this like cross culture exchange programs because right now it, it's true that we we talk a lot about it that uh, there are very few people even though the public are getting used to like more population of migrants and immigrants from the, like Southeast Asian country but but the stereotype. Uh, against these uh, people from uh, from South Asia are still like stigmatized and very deeply in the society. So it still takes some time to like for us to like to empower more like more scholars or researchers on uh, South Asian cultures and arts. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think in Taiwan now we really focus on like. What we call like immig- uh, migrant culture, but I would say the migrant culture is part of the Taiwanese culture. Yes, I don't right. think they can like present their own like mother country culture. So it's different. But in Taiwan, like we mess up is the the same thing. Like we yeah, think yeah, the like true. Thai migrant culture can present like the whole Thai culture. So for me, it's still the difference. And sometimes we don't. Uh, it's difficult. We cannot if we cannot really uh, distinguish the difference. So and also I think sometimes it's very dangerous because we we see we think like what we see in Taiwan is represent their home country, but actually it's not really like that. So yeah. it's I don't know. I I feel like it's a kind of a like new imagination yeah, of the, yeah, the, sure. the migrant culture, but actually yeah. it's not the the the, own the whole home image. Yeah. Every every country have their their own social standards or have their own different social identities. It's not only happening in Taiwan. I think it's also equal to the every countries. Yeah, yes. and especially in South Asia is so big and it's yes. so diverse, mm. and well, and the population is much higher than 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 Taiwan. So it's and the history background is also very complicated. So it's very hard to tell from single perspective to tell, yes. oh, this is Thai culture, this is mm, Cambodian culture. Mm. So, yeah, another question is that uh, uh, I was wondering, like, because you are like so in love with Cambodia culture, and I was wondering, have you been updating some news about COVID-19 with your friends in Cambodia? How are they doing right now? Or how serious are they hit by the pandemic? Mm, yes, of course, because I, my plan, I used I thought I would stay in Cambodia like long time this year and then because of the COVID-19 so like like everything changed so uh, I do talk with them uh, and then I think the, there's a big um, influence during on, on April because April is the, the Khmer New Year, the Cambodian New Year so mostly on April or on April is the high season for the performances. So the artists are very busy. They will have different invitation, no matter it's like commer- commercial show or the like traditional arts. But because during on, on, 
on April, like the the situation is quite serious in Cambodia. So, and the government uh, asked people to stay at home. So the the whole celebration in Angkor Wat was cancelled, and also the I think the all almost all performance are cancelled. So, I think they do uh, in affect the artists a lot. Like they they have really tough tough time in that time. Um, but now, now uh, in Cambodia, is quite. I f- I would say the situation may be quite similar with Taiwan. So the performance, like they they can do like, some project, they can do some performance, and also because the Khmer New Year was cancelled, so they postponed the Khmer New Year <laughs> on I think on August on 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 last month so they still have the vacation and i saw like some performance it used to be like during the new year but now they postpone the vacation and also postpone the performance so we can still see there's some performance yes but i think it's uh i think that everywhere is the same like it's really tough time for the artists in this year yeah, except for uh, cambodia and taiwan uh, the rest of the world is moving toward uh, a new normal status. Is that happened on you, or uh, how would you define this new normal in theater or in your personal life? Hmm. I think Taiwan is quite special because we we closed the theater like around three months. I think so. I don't. I would not say we already have a new normal. I think we already back to the old normal. So Taiwan now is the third world that we are not belong to the the new normal world we are the old normal world and then and i think the only one change that um, now we can it's quite difficult to invite the the artists from overseas but we like like quite it's quite weird that we still have some we still invite some production from overseas so in taiwan the audience is very lucky but i think the the number will uh decrease than before so uh, I think it's very good chance for the local audience and for the local performing art group we can really know each other because now we we almost cannot go anywhere so it's time like we don't we stop looking to the west we can stop looking at ourselves yes so yes please come into the theater it's very important without the audience we cannot do anything <laughs> what would you like to do first after the pandemic is, is over? <laughs> oh, of course, just go go back to Cambodia. <laughs> Don't yeah. Home. yeah, and if, because now this year is like not my uh, no more year as well. I should go to Cambodia to stay longer. So if I if the the pandemic is over, I want to go back and to see like uh, I think of course the the this. Uh, this kind of situation will uh, influence the 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 ecosystem in 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 everywhere. So I also want to go back to Cambodia to see what happened now because I know that actually some groups they they already finished because of the pandemic. So I really want to go back to see what's going on and what can we do in the next. Yeah. Thank you, Zhiyu. It, it was a very fruitful discussion on how the. Uh, theater industry in Taiwan are facing and and you also share a little bit about the Cambodian uh, art scenes how they are facing with this pandemic so uh, yeah like you said uh, the whole world is uh, moving towards a new normal and we are 
here stuck in Taiwan, <laughs> like stuck in Taiwan. <laughs> I don't know if it's a character, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think every one of us, uh, we don't really sure what the futures will become, and we don't know when this pandemic will be over. So I think we can say for sure for how the futures will become. So. I think we will see. <laughs> yeah, we will see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Junyu. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, I'm Yipei, and I'm Annalie. Thanks for listening to our connect. Subscribe to our connect on Apple Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Stay connected with us next time, and stay well. <laughs>